and welcome to the show everybody this is conversations with coriel and <laughs> you were thinking i forgot weren't you? yeah for a second yeah i was like yeah <laughs> i don't i don't i don't blame you how was coriel this week coriel is very nice this week coriel has been uh doing a uh, massive cleanse and a massive releasing of things that no longer serve her. So she's feeling better. She's feeling more empowered. Um, you know, I mean, I wasn't, this is going off on a tangent, but I was kind of like, I guess it's inspiration. So maybe I can inspire somebody. So I am a smoker, but I don't smoke a lot. I smoke maybe if I'm stressed, it's two cigarettes, uh, you know, depending, usually it's one a day. Okay. Depending again on and off. So, um, it's been coming up more and more in my mindset that, Hmm, you know, I, it's not fun. I'm not enjoying it. Like I used to, if I'm not enjoying it, why am I doing it? And just, you know, just waiting for the time that felt right. Because I feel like when you give up a habit, it's easier when you're lined up with it, as opposed to when you think you need to do it and you try to do it, you're always pretty much setting yourself up. So if you lined up with it ahead of time, it might be easier to let it go. Not that there won't be challenges, okay, depending on how much you're, it's a habit, you know, but I am always into in aligned action. So what I did was this this last um, new moon, I set the intention. I said, I really want to release anything that's holding me back. That just is not something that I want to do anymore. That's it. I didn't try, you know, doing anything more than that. I didn't try to get more into it. And um, as this full moon started approaching, um, I started to get, understand that it was time to release the, the smoking. And, you know, I did. And today is day um, 10. And it's been super easy. Not really. I mean, there were some times that I'm like, ooh, it would be nice. But, you know, it's I'm able to release it and step into, I'm sorry, I got something in my eye. Um, I'm easier to step into feeling better. So it's been, you know, pretty easy so far. Pretty, you know, like, it feels good. You know, it's not so much fighting your mind. Um, so I'm releasing that and releasing, you know, other mindsets that are holding me back. So it's it's good. It's a it's been a very, very good week. Now, when you say you're doing a cleanse, are you doing a physical cleanse? I am. I'm drinking a lot of water. I'm drinking a lot of smoothies. Um, not so much, uh, you know, not so much heavy stuff. Um, you know, some chicken and, uh, you know, salad and things like that there. But I'm just trying to move away from the heavier stuff because as I move into fall is my favorite time of food year. <laughs> it's not my favorite time of year. It's my favorite food time of year. So uh, fall into winter, do a lot of soups, do a lot of stews do a lot of, you know, like uh, chili and things like that there. So before I start going down that route, I thought it'd be good to kind of like get myself cleansed a little bit. So that's and, why I'm taking and up lasagna the and pasta and all that. Lasagna, all that kind of pasta, 
uh, you know, meatballs and spaghetti and things, you know, stuff like that there that makes you want to sit on the couch for a week. <laughs> well, and you're, and you know, you're better off doing that, but I, I concur with you that if you try and quit something when you're really not emotionally ready and, and stuff, you're, you're not going to make it work and you're going to, and you're going to be a pain in the butt for everybody that's around you yeah. because you're going to be, you know, and, and, and so you need to get into the proper mindset. And, yeah, uh, because you want to be able, it's hard enough to fight your mind when you're, when you're letting go of something that's habitual. So if you can get your mind and, and line up with, it's kind of like, <laughs> think of it like this. It's kind of like driving uh, across, trying to cross to the other side of a four lane highway. You want to make sure that nothing is coming and that you're lined up with being able to straight across as opposed to going into full on traffic, which is basically what you're kind of doing when you're going up against something habitual and you're not lined up with it in your mind. And I'd like to explain for people that say, oh, how hard could it be to quit smoking? Come on. Oh, please. It's it's like, okay, it's I, want, I want you to associate every pleasurable thing you do in life with a cigarette because you go have a nice dinner. You want to have a cigarette you, or even, even unpleasant things. You're stressed out. You want a cigarette to calm down. You're happy. You want a cigarette to celebrate. You have a beer. You want a cigarette. You have sex. You want a cigarette. Every, if you have coffee in the morning, you want to have a cigarette. Every, everything that you do in life, you get associated with, I'm going to have this and then I'm going to have this. And then, so when you quit, it's like, I get to have this and I don't get to have that. So you're thinking about it continually. I quit for 15 years mm -hmm. and it took me, you know, the first 10, every time I would, I, I still associated it with everything in life. And then, and then it slowly dwindled, but then stress came back and a bunch of other stuff. And my son smoked and I said, here, give me one of those. Don't ever say that. If you quit smoking here, give me one of those because mm -hmm. you will start right back up again. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's good that you mentioned that because I think luckily, thank God. I mean, I had, you know, I was um, an alcoholic for years. <laughs> so luckily, you know, I don't have too many monkeys on my back. I had enough monkeys with the alcoholism and the drug abuse, but the, um, the cigarettes, my father could, you know, he could smoke a pack of cigarettes and, and it would last him three weeks, four weeks, depending, oh, wow. you know, because it's on and again, off again. So it, I'm the same way. Thank God, because my mother was a four pack a day smoker. And that is incredible. That's a cigarette every few seconds. I can't remember. I calculated it out once, but I mean, it was insane when she gave it up. <laughs> she turned, whoo, she was, she turned into kind of like the uh the flower from uh little shop of Hor horrors feed me you know just any chocolate and this and m&ms that and figs this and just shoving it into her craw and it's like god man this is crazy it's like a cross between the flower from little shop of Hor horrors and job of the hut you know <laughs> it was just you know not that when my mom was obese she wasn't well she got big afterwards but 
it was just this gluttony, just, I got to be fed. I got to be fed. And it's like, dude, this is crazy. So luckily I didn't have, I don't have that, but still it was challenging. You know, there was, it was still challenging because there were certain times during the evening. I don't smoke during the day. I didn't smoke during the day. I didn't like it. That's me. So it's like, there were certain times at the evening that I'm like, Ooh, you know, yeah, yeah. Let's go and do what we need to do. You know, and now it's like, it's much easier because I fill that time up with being creative or, you know, I'm painting more or I'm cooking at night, you know, or something else like that now, whereas I would usually be, you know, doing my cities. Well, the funniest thing that uh, I've ever noticed, <clears throat> not the funniest thing I've ever noticed, but it's, <laughs> it's funny how um, at, at an AA meeting, um, and you know, you know about this, uh, they, they adjourn for the AA meeting and then everybody has got a cup of coffee in this hand and they're outside and they got a cigarette in this hand because what they've done is they've, uh, done not a, they haven't eliminated a, they've transferred their addiction from one thing to the other. And mm-hmm. so they may smoke more, they may drink more coffee because they're not drinking. Now, the hardest thing to do is to eliminate an addiction and not pick up another one to replace it yeah especially early on yeah yeah because you need that you know there's something i mean i remember when i first got into aa and it's interesting i i noticed um and again i didn't smoke a lot maybe two cigarettes in an evening you know so it's like that's not a lot and again it would be petered out you know it wouldn't be one cigarette all at once it would be like a quarter of a cigarette and then I'd lay it down and then come back to it later or something. So, but I'm like, I was thinking about this last night. I'm kind of like shocked about how much time I have now, you know, I'm cooking up, you know, I'm cooking stuff and I'm making stuff and I'm co- making salads and I'm making bean, um, bean salads. I'm making quinoa salad and stuff like that there. And, I, and that's usually in the evening. And it's like, damn, this reminds me of when I first got sober. When I first got sober in AA, I was shocked, shocked at how much time I had during the day. You were invested. In the, yeah, I was were... like, what? I got all this time. What? And you're like, <laughs> not hung over anymore. <clears throat> well, yeah. I mean, it's like it, it, it was I was shocked about how much time I was spending drinking. You know, it is an addiction that does take time. And and what you end up finding is that you you plan your day around that addiction. It's like I can work until five and then I can't work till after that because I've got so somebody calls for a meeting later than that. It's like, nope, sorry, I'm busy drinking then. And so I can't I can't do that. That's my brother found that out, although his problem was different in that he had no off switch. So he would start drinking in the morning and then with the off switch was when he passed yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's really hard. Yeah. It's hard on everybody around you. It is. It's really difficult on yourself, on your body, on the people around you, because then it becomes this, you know, this, this huge one thing that you want to do. It doesn't matter what your addiction is. You could be addicted to, I don't know, crocheting. But it, it depends if it's taking up so much of your time that, that or, you know, scrapbooking or, or genealogy or something else like that there. If it's taking up so much of your time that's detrimental to the other things that are going on in your life, then it becomes habitual. 
doesn't yeah. matter what it is. It's habitual. So, you know, you have to, you know, every once in a while examine, you know, and see, is this still fun for me or has it become a, a, an obsession almost and not a healthy obsession. There are healthy obsessions, you know, but there are also like a detrimental obsession where it's just, this is not making me feel good. It's, it's making me feel awful. So, um, you know, and that's when, you know, case in point, what we're talking about today, that's when maybe looking at the people in your life to, to be your inspiration, to be your motivation, to be not an example for you to beat yourself up with. Oh, look at, look at Jay over there. Jay's so much better than me. Jay's got his shit together. I don't have my shit together. I wish I was more like Jay. That's, that's comparing and despairing. But when you look at Jay and you say, man, you know that I want to, I want to do that. Why can't I do that? Hey, if Jay can do that, I can do that. Let me give that a shot, you know, or Jay says something, you know, and it inspires you to, to do something that he's done in the past or, or a friend of his has done in the past or is, is one of his uh, family members have done in the past. That's when it's like, it's different. It, it's, it's this, this fuel to make you better, to make your life better, to make your life happier. Exactly. And, you know, if, if you're looking at somebody else and, and first of all, if you're looking at somebody else and, and saying, I want to be that, be yourself and do what, what you feel passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, because you can do, you can do that. And, you know, the thing is we often put people on a pedestal who don't necessarily deserve to be on a pedestal. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, yeah. Um, but anyway, we're talking about inspiration. Strive to ins inspire people, not to not to change them, and what and what the difference is, and how you know one kind of sets yourself up for failure, and the other one sets yourself so sets yourself up for success. And and what does that mean, and and why? You know, I think you know this this week for me this past week and and last week, um, there was a lot of inspiration that happened. Um, I had a lot of friends come over to the house, and um, one of them we started talking about. You know, we started talking about food and. And uh, she started talking about her, her mother's red sauce and her pasta sauce. And I was like, hmm, I haven't, you know, I want to do a pasta sauce. So I, I did one, you know, I froze it for after the, after the, the break and, you know, after the fasting and, and, and the cleansing. Um, but I still made it. It felt nice. You know, I wasn't comparing myself to her. I was, or her mother's red sauce. I was comparing it to the fact of the, the red sauces that I made in the past. And I think I actually made the best red sauce I ever made. So I was, yeah, I was really happy and I enjoyed myself. It was fun. You know, it was fun. It was a fuel that I, that I learned and that I used in order to make my life a little bit better. You know, we, we have a tendency and to, to, you know, feel like we have to change ourselves radically. And I, I did a, a show on embracing change and change is good, but it depends on what you do with it. If you use change because you think that you're not good enough, 
again, like I said, with Jay, you know, Jay's better than me. So I'm going to, I've got to change because he's better than me or she's better than me or whatever. If you use it like that, that's not, that's not a, a good, that's setting yourself up for failure because you're seeing what's wrong. See, I wasn't looking at myself when my friend came over and she said, you know, she was talking about a mom's red sauce. I wasn't seeing it as, oh my God, I all my red sauces sucked. You know, I could never do any like my mom. Certainly couldn't do any like like my her mom. And oh, my Italian ancestors rolling in the grave. You know, all this kind of stuff. I said, hmm. You know something? Why can't I do it? Why can't you? Why can't I try? At least try and see what happens. So you go into an inspiration with a mindset of let's just see what happens. And when that, when you're in that mindset of light, let's just see what happens. You open yourself up to so many possibilities and opportunities as opposed to saying, I got to try. I got to be like this person. I got to be like this person's mom. You're limiting yourself. You put blinders on and you are setting yourself up for such a narrow opportunity and possibility. You're putting and an expectation, a negative expectation on this. And it's the same with your animals too. If you expect your animals to always let your animals be themselves, let them inspire you too. They're inspirational. Let, let them inspire you too. inspire you to learn how to not take things so seriously, to have fun with yourself, to make fun with yourself, to rest, to recuperate, to be happy, to be joyful. But if you look at it in such a thing of, oh, my cat is so much better than me because he's got it. You know, my, my horse is so much is smarter than I am. It's like you're, that's not inspiration. That's making yourself feel like you have to change because you're not good enough. Exactly. Exactly. So, I, have a, I have a quick story for you about inspiration. Go. Um Years ago, I don't know if you know this. Years ago, I was the general manager of a uh, of a multi million dollar uh, restaurant. Had seventy five employees, four management, and uh, a kitchen manager, and and uh, a bunch of folks. And, and on Friday night, we do three hundred seventy five, four hundred fifty meals, three thousand dollars in liquor. And this is back in the eighties, yeah, uh, and stuff. And so we were busy. We'd have 13 servers, 14 servers, three bartenders, five cocktail waitresses, three hostesses, all that stuff. And a partridge in a pear tree. And a partridge in a pear tree. And my job on Friday night, it was a self-appointed job. It was a job I took myself. And it was a job that I became known for. Because I would wander around the building talking to each person saying, we're going to be busy tonight. We're going to be busy. I need you to get inspired because we're going to be busy. It's uh -huh. going to be great. You're going to make a lot of money. We're going to have a great time. You're going to be busy. And in fact, they gave me a plaque when I left that said, we're going to be busy. And, uh, um, and so it wasn't that I felt being inspiring, but it was a way to achieve better results for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. and he wasn't trying to change everybody. Mm -hmm. I went to the bartenders and I said, I don't know if you ever worked in a restaurant, but one of the things bartenders do when they make money is they have a regular that they uh, kind of give them a free drink every now and again mm -hmm. and get them to give a little bit more money. 
And I said, look, I don't care if you give your regulars a free drink. Just make sure my numbers are in line and you take care of the business. Uh-huh. And, uh, and that inspired them. And that inspired them to do more because I was looking out after them. I was looking out after their interest. It wasn't all about the restaurant. You better pour that right. You better do that right. If you may, if you if if you have a problem here, you better fix it. You know, it wasn't like that. It was like we're all going to do this together. Right. We're, we're going to be uh, successful together, and it was. And it was, and it's it's because I wasn't trying to change anybody. They still had to do it their own way. Mm-hmm. But they needed to be inspired that we were going to may have a great night. And it was it was really was a lot of fun. And I was working 12, 14 hour days those in those days. Mm-hmm. But it, was, it, was, it was fun. Inspiration is the key to, in my opinion, is the key to life. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I, I think it's the again, like I said, it's the fuel to be better, to become better without putting conditions on yourself, without putting judgment on yourself, without putting critical. You can't be critical. This is my opinion. I don't believe I can be critical of myself and judgmental of myself and inspire myself. It's hard to do. That's that's being the drill sergeant. And I have yet to see a drill sergeant and hear one person that said, uh, well, that drill sergeant, he inspired me. You know, no, he kicked your ass. There's a difference. He, you know, you he, he motivated you. There's a difference yes. between motivation and inspiration. You know, there is a difference. Look it up, you know, uh, on Webster's.com or whatever the dictionary is. But there's a difference. You know, I don't, I don't mind being motivated every once in a while. You know, motivating myself to maybe lose a little weight or to get in, uh, you know, get toned up or 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 uh, motivating myself to, you know, get out of bed, <laughs> you know, a, a little bit. But um, I don't want to motivate myself all the time. I want to inspire. And the thing about the beauty about inspiration is this. I've had a lot of people that tell me, Coriel, you've inspired me in doing this and doing that and doing this with my animal, doing this with myself, doing that. I don't care. It's great. But I didn't set out to inspire anybody. I don't wake up every morning. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't wake up every morning and say, I'm going to inspire the world. Now, I might say, I want to change the world. I want to, I want to bring something to this world. I want to, um, I want to, you know, I want to, you know, invent something and make this world a better place. But I don't go up saying every day, I'm going to inspire, you know, because it's like you're trying too hard. Inspiration's got nothing to do with trying. It's got to do with allowing. I don't, you know, I write positive posts every single day and I post them to Instagram. I post them to my Facebook page. I don't do this to inspire people. I do this because this is something I channeled and I feel like maybe somebody might need it. And that's it. I let go of it. I don't say I'm going to inspire people. Yeah. You know, that's motivation. When you're forcing it, you cannot force inspiration. You just can't. It becomes something else. Then you twist it into something else. And it doesn't mean that's a bad thing, but it's not inspiration. 
And that I think is what is interesting with so many motivational speakers. They want to motivate you, absolutely, but they also want to kind of like inspire you to to have a better life. But the thing of it is, is that if you're doing a um, eight hour web uh, webinar or you're doing an eight hour workshop where you're uh, like telling people all the time, this is good, get my book. It's going to show you, but I'm going to inspire you how to do. That's not inspiration. That's motivation. They're trying to motivate you. No, that's salesmanship. And it's also salesmanship. Yeah, there's a there's a there's an inauthenticity about it to me. And it's like, I want to be inspired. I don't, I let me, when you inspire somebody, this is what you're doing. You are basically just being yourself and doing your, your own thing and doing your actions. And people are looking at that and they're saying, you know, something, if Coriel can do it, I can do it. Not saying that you're, you're, what you're doing is you're inspiring somebody to take what you've done and make it their own or to implement it in their life, but they still make it their own. I do not want somebody to take something that I do and follow it exactly by the letter. I want you to take it a little bit and put your own spin on it, put your own jazz on it, put your own stank on it and make it your own because that's where it becomes powerful. That's pure inspiration. I'm inspiring you to take what I've done, twist it and make it something that feels good to you and make it your own. That's inspiration. When you try to change someone, you are basically saying, this person is not right the way they are. They need to change. And that's always going to be a shit show. When you when you come into any situation and you say, I've got to change this person. This person's got to change. I'm going to do this. You're, you're basically saying that this person is not enough. They're not good enough the way they are. And they might not be, but they are what they are. And you're fighting against them. You're fighting against um, divine because divine has made them how they are right now. And they're perfect the way they are. That's the way divine sees us all the time at any given you know point of time and if you keep on messing that up you're fighting against them divine and yourself and you're sabotaging there are lots of women that will get together with a guy and they'll say well you know i don't like this and i don't like that but you know over time i'll be able to change him the reality is that over time you will not be able to change a thing well, that's that's true, but the, the and then let's also reverse that up. There have been plenty of men that I've been involved with that thought, well, not plenty. Let let's say three, no two, two. <laughs> let's say two, and you know they thought Coriel's not good enough the way she is. We got to change her up. Why tone her down, chill her down? You know, she don't be so. Coriel, and I'm like, didn't work, did it? No, it didn't. It it might have for a little bit, but then it, it's like a rubber band. You stretch it, 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 and eventually, what's going to happen is that's either going to snap, and then you're unhappy, or it's going to zip back, 
And you're just like, no, why did I even try to change myself? You don't like me as I am? There's a door. Don't let it hit your ass on the way out. Well, see, and that's the same thing that we talked about last week, which was um, you can't, if you've got somebody that's in your life and you, you can't change them. And if they need to change in order for them to be in your life, you can't change them. So what's that leave you with? If somebody doesn't work for you, then somebody doesn't work for you. You know, it's, it's just, it's the way that it is. It's just the way it is. We've all tried to twist ourselves into the pretzel. You know, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be this per what this person needs. Well, what about what you need? You know, the change is good. Change is good when you want it. But if you try to force yourself to change, and the reason is because you don't think you're good enough. I think I'm good. I embrace change. I love change. Okay, I do. Sometimes it's hard, but sometimes it's really amazing and I love it. But the thing of it is, is that how, why, why am I going into this? Why am I, why do I feel like I need to change? Do I, because if it comes from the roots of it, if the source of it, the source is everything, meaning the source of why you're doing anything is the the whole, that's just like a source of water for a tree. Okay. However, that's that water is, if the water, if that source is stagnant, that tree is not going to grow or it's going to die or it's going to be all gnarled and it's not going to look good. But if that source from where that tree gets its, its, its nutrients, its, its fuel, its, its, um, its aliveness from is wonderful and, and great, then the tree is going to look beautiful. So you have to examine what your source is, AKA what is your reason really for wanting to change? Why do you want to, if it comes from a place of, because you're not feeling good enough, because you're comparing and despairing to another person, because you're going to use it to set yourself up for failure. We've all done that. So self-sabotage, always a lot of fun. Um, is it going to be because you're going to prove somebody right? I'm going to prove this person wrong. I, I Prove a person wrong or prove somebody right. Meaning if, you, if somebody's telling you you're a piece of crap, and you're like going into saying, I'm not a piece of crap. I'm going to prove I'm not a piece of crap. And I'm going to, but you're not really lined up with it. You're really lined up with the fact that they told you you're a piece of crap and you're believing it. But you're going into this action thinking, you know, half-assed thinking it's just going to prove them wrong when it really does prove them right. It's those darn stories again. <laughs> Tell a different story. Tell a different story, but the inspiration is, it's delicious. It's yummy. It's, it's fun. It's, um, it's, it's, a, it's enthusiasm. It's excitement. It's just, you know, this um, warm feeling inside that you're, you're just like showing yourself you can do it and you're inspired to do it. And it's coming from a place of, well, why can't I do it? Of course I can do it. You know, why not? Well, let's see what happens. That's it. That's where it comes in. Now does inspiration 
mm-hmm. truly insp- inspired thought. Mm-hmm. Does that come from you or does that come from your folks on the other side encouraging you to be inspired? Inspiration comes from me. Inspiration comes from everything. Everything. Being out in nature, being with people, being with animals, um, taking a class on human sexuality, you know, uh, you know, um, just in, in general, just being connected, um, inspiration, being creative, you know, um, just even just if it's just, you know, being outside working in my garden, if you're, if you're, you're, it's a, it's, I think when you're in an inspired avenue, meaning you're, you're open to inspiration that comes in, it can come from anywhere. It's more just you're in that avenue and waiting to see what happens as opposed to um, making a, a conscious effort to, I'm going to do this and be inspired today. I can't, I, I think I put too much pressure on myself when I do that. Some people might be able to just start their day like that. I'm going to be inspired today. Maybe I can, you know, I've never tried. I, I think it's just an unconscious thing that I just tell the universe, just inspire me. I'll always, I love, I love it. I love being inspired. New ways of doing things, seeing things, living your life. And that can be brought to you from a myriad of sources, right? Yeah, like I said, anything. I mean, anything can inspire you. I mean, you can you can be inspired driving to CVS. <laughs> you know, you know, you might be inspired to take a new route to CB, CVS that's that's more you know easier than the route you usually take because you're open to the possibilities. That's what inspiration really is. It's about being open to a possibility and not putting any kind of intention on it, expectation on it, just being open to whatever happens. And then if it turns out that it wasn't to be, or the spaghetti sauce or the pasta sauce wasn't as good as you'd hoped, eh, so what? You had fun making it. Right. And if you're, but if you're in a stance, usually, if you're in a stance of trying to make it happen, trying to copy somebody's red sauce, trying to copy somebody's way of painting, trying to copy somebody's way of sculpting, trying to copy somebody's way of walking, talking, being, dressing, and you're not inspired to make it your own, and you're not just inspired to just have fun with it, what's going to happen is that result is going to be fuel, but it's going to be opposite fuel. It's most likely going to be fuel to use to beat yourself up with. Exactly. Exactly. I got another restaurant. I got another restaurant example. Can I use another restaurant example? Go for it. Um, I used to work for a restaurant called Garcia's. Garcia's of Scottsdale. If you live in Scottsdale, Arizona, down there, they, they came from there and there's still maybe some around. Uh, but anyway, they had spice packets. And so when when you put the refried beans together or the fried rice together or the or the uh, meat sauce or the the chicken sauce, they had they had a recipe and they had spice packets okay. so that theoretically across the board, every restaurant, the food would taste the same like they do at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. 
Well, but what they didn't take into account was the human factor. If some guys were inspired to make the best damn um, um, uh, refried beans that they could, it tasted different from somebody who was just going through the motions. You couldn't prevent it because it was, they still use the same packet, the same measurements, but because of the care and love and, and, and pride and inspiration that they took from that, it tasted different. Each restaurant tasted slightly different. We never could figure out why, but mm-hmm. it was because of the human element. Yeah. So, I mean, it can, it can, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's necessary. I guess if you're a chain restaurant, it ain't good because you want your food to taste the same all the time. But still, it, it's a great example of the way one person is, I don't know, like, let's say, you know, making cornbread. Now, I love cornbread, okay? Mm-hmm. But I have a special way of making cornbread that, isn't really around here in the Southwest. I grew up on the East Coast cornbread. So I had, you know, I had corn to my cornbread and and stuff like that there. I like my cornbread a little sweet, not too sweet, not syrupy sweet. I don't like that with the honey on it. That's not my thing. I like cornbread that I can dip into my chili and I'm good. I'm ready to rock and roll or have it with a cup of coffee and I'm ready to go. So um, I like... You know, I was I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, you know, something I'm, I just want to make this cornbread and I want to just have fun with it. You know, I want to make it kind of like the way my dad did and who grew up in the South and I want to make it the way he does it. You know, so, you know, I've, I've got all this stuff. I don't have his recipe, but I'm going to say I'm going into it saying, you know, something I'm just going to put my stink on it. My stink. I'm going to put my stink on it. And I'm just going to do my thing, you know, and I'm going to enjoy it no matter what. And, you know, anything that's made, whether it's a painting or whether it's made uh, an apple cake or an apple pie or whatever, as long as it's made with love and good intention, you know, it's okay. It might not be the best cornbread in the world, but it's going to be good enough for me that I'm going to say, you know, something I was inspired and I enjoyed it. And uh, that's good enough for me. One time my sister made an angel food cake. And, you know, angel food cake is supposed to uh, puff up and it's supposed to kind of go over there. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be light and airy. And in this particular case, it fell. Uh, And so it was supposed to be like this tall. Uh And it it was this tall. And, of course, she was all upset because it failed. And it was awful. And it wasn't going to be good and stuff. I thought it was the best angel food cake I ever had in my entire life. It was thick and it was chewy and it was really good. It wasn't that airy stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So who knows? If if you're inspired to do something, do it and just love it. And if, if somebody else doesn't like it, you know what? That belongs to them. That has nothing yeah. to do with you. Yeah. You might find something totally different. You might, and you know, that angel food cake is not angel food. Maybe it's a devil angel food cake. I don't know, but it's nice. It's cool and it's different and it's yours. Some of the, the best, I, I mean, I use food a lot. So 
I'm going to go for it. So uh, some of my best, most favorite things to eat now, I got, I don't know where the inspiration came from. Okay. I thought them up when I was a kid and I've been eating them since I was a kid. Now, one of the things case in point was, is to this day, when I make a tuna salad, a tuna sandwich, or I make a sandwich in general, when I was a kid, and I know everybody's going to say I was the first one, but I'm literally, nobody else was doing this when I was a kid. And people thought I was absolutely out of my mind. I mean, people would just like move away from me when I was a little kid in the cafeteria, because it was just, it would freak them out but it was so good. So my mom used to make me bologna and cheese with mayonnaise sandwiches, right? And I used to love bologna when I was a kid, but what it, and tuna uh, fish. So what what it was was that I always thought I was wasting time. So I would take what I would do is I would take a bite of my sandwich, take a bite of a potato chip, take a bite of the sandwich, small yeah, bite a sandwich, bite a potato chip. I was like, "Ah, it's taking too long." I mean, I was like six, right? And I was like, ah. I remember sitting in the cafeteria of PS41 saying, this is taking too long, okay? So what I did was I opened up my sandwich, I put the potato chips on top, and then I crushed it and I ate it. And it was the best food in the world. I still eat it like this to this day. Every I can't have a bologna sandwich or a tuna fish sandwich without doing this. And people would be like, <laughs> you know, the kids would be like, Ew! and I'm like, but it didn't make sense to me. Cause I'm like, you take a bite of your sandwich and then you take a bite of the potato chip right afterwards. So it's in there anyway. It's not like I'm doing something weird. I'm just saving and cutting out the middleman, right? In an extra step. I thought I was a genius. I really did. I thought it was ingenious, you know? And damn if I didn't inspire kids, other kids, because they would try it. They would put one little chip in the corner, you know, because they didn't want to mess up the whole sandwich. So they put one little chip boop, right under there in the corner. Okay, there we go. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. Hang on a second. But I'm not going to ruin my whole sandwich. I'm just going to try a little bit. A little bit. So they would go. Crunch, right? And that crunch, you had that crunch at the same time. The best, right? And you would crunch it and they go like. And you would see their face change. This is the best. You know how kids get, right? Eyes go out, face goes all. That's the best in the world. Oh, wow. That's right. Then the next thing is they, they'll tell all of their friends they discovered it. Yeah, and then everybody else is doing it, you know? And it's like I see kids doing it now without a problem. And it's like, I'm like, okay, you know, but I'm telling you. I am telling you, I was I was close to if I was not the first one, I was damn close to it because nobody else grown-ups, I would gross out grown-ups, I would gross out kids of all ages, teenagers, everybody would look at me like this, like you know, like I'd spat on them or something. I was like, I'm telling you, this is ingenious. This is yep. genius. Okay. Time and also there's that crunch, that crunch oh, and that oh and but I didn't, I did, I was just doing, I was doing my own thing. 
I was enjoying, I was inspiring myself. You can yeah. inspire yourself. I was inspiring myself. I was like, let's give it a shot. Why not? You know, and it worked. And I, I love, that's one of my favorite things to eat now. You know, <laughs> it's still to this day. It's one of my favorite things to eat. And, and there have been other things where, you know, I made a mistake adding something or somebody made a mistake, like honey Dijon mustard. Okay. When it first came out, I was like, hell no. Okay. I am a Mayo person all the way. Occasionally, depending on what the meat would be, I would have mustard. Okay. Dijon mustard, but don't honey D no. Okay. I don't know what that honey Dijon thing is that that's nasty. Well, one day, right. I was working as a computer tech down in someplace in Midtown and I went to get my sandwich and I told them, okay, it's ham, right? So ham, AKA for me is always mustard. I don't know why it just is the way it is. I can't help it. Whatever. Okay. Good, yeah. It is good, but it's gotta be with, with ham, depending on what's going on with the ham, it's gotta be mustard for me. So I said, I want Dijon mustard. Now this doofus but actually to this day i thank him must have thought oh she said honey dijon mustard puts honey dijon mustard on it unbeknownst to me right because i would have immediately said i don't want it take it off my 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 sandwich right now and i would have limited myself however i did not know about it the universe said ah let's see what we can do for her and I bit into this and I realized that second it was honey Dijon. I was like, well, I'm not going to spit it out in a restaurant. So I best eat it. So I ate it and I was like, this is good. I like it. I like honey Dijon mustard now because of mistakes. It's inspiration. It, I understand that it doesn't sound like a big, fat, hairy deal. But this happened in the, you know, this happened in early 2000s. So, and I'm still eating honey Dijon mustard, so it's still influencing my life. I know it sounds like it's a little itty bitty, minuscule, un big deal thing, but it, I mean, inspiration can come wherever and it can change your life forever. And it's the things that you remember. See, you remember that. There's lots of things that you don't remember, and and especially when you were a kid. Have you ever had a conversation with your mom or your dad about, do you remember the time, dad, when? or our siblings. Do you remember the time when you, um, and they say, oh, I haven't got any idea. And it affected your life. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's the thing that, that drives me crazy is that people affect your life and they don't even remember that they did that. But and that's okay. You affect your life. Exactly. So you have the opportunity to say, that's enough of that. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to inspire myself to be better, to do something better, to yeah. have something that I really truly want. And rather, rather than saying, Coriel, I know you don't because you're, you know better, but a lot of people go, I would really, really, really like to have this or do that, but I can't do that. I'm not capable of doing that because they're not, mm -hmm. they're not willing to inspire themselves. To well, do they're that. also not willing to change their story, AKA the last two, two, two uh, shows from <laughs> before this. <laughs> you know, you got to change your story. Nobody can change your story for you. Even with inspiration. I don't want to be inspired. I'm not inspired. I got nobody in my life that will inspire me. 
I've never been inspired in my life. I inspire myself and that's it. I motivate myself. There's motivation. There's no such thing as inspiration. It's like, yeah, if you want to live like that, then you get that. If you believe that, you get it. You know, but I want to be in an inspired mindset. Just open, just open. I don't, again, like I said, I don't wake up every morning. I'm going to be inspired. I'm going to inspire the world. I don't wake up like that. I I, I just say to myself, I it, it's a given. I set my intention and I let it alone. I just, I'm open. Uh, universe inspire me. Boom. Well, you know, if, you, if the universe inspires you, then it's it's almost like you you are honor bound to follow through with what the universe would like uh not that not that they're gonna you know shoot you down with a bolt of lightning or whatever but but if you feel like you're capable of doing something even if you don't feel like it if it's, it's if you're inspired to write a poem and you write a poem and everybody and you read it to somebody and they say i have no idea what you just said it doesn't matter you were inspired to do it. You feel good about it, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. by the way, we're talking with Coriel Kramer. Go to CorielKramer.com, and you can find out all about her and her work with animals because she is inspired to work with animals. Well, that's another thing. Doggone it. I want to bring that up, and that is when you were sitting on an airplane coming back from – wherever you were, that you took that course, and you were wondering, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? You were inspired to make that decision to do with the animal dynamics. I was inspired, yes. And it but just... I, and then I took it and made it my own, which is the, 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 which is the sweetness. That's the sweet spot yeah. of the whole thing. So that's what I'm talking about, is, is that if I... If I went along all the time with the mindset of, you know, this is the way this is, this is the way I was taught something. And, you know, like, for example, Reiki, this is the way I was taught Reiki. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life like this all the time. And there are some people that feel comfortable and they need that kind of structure. God love you. Okay. That's great. If that works for you, if that floats your boat, if that feels good to you, I am never going to say that's wrong, okay, because it feels good to you. For me, it didn't feel good to me after a while. So I had to take some, I always take something and I make it my own. That's the way the universe inspires me. I get a idea sometimes, not always, like the chakra touches, which we still got to do a show on. I, it, it's not about, for the chakra touches, it's not about, you know, being really inspired by anybody. It was basically that just was a massive, you know, like a gift that was given to me by the universe. I didn't ask for it. It just happened. Um, and, but there is, if, if you're, but if you stay open to the inspiration and you just say, you know something, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna stay open to it and I'm not gonna be closed off to it. And I'm not going to, put judgment on it and I'm not going to put expectations on it. And I'm just going to stay open. A lot of that's a lot of magic happens in that situation. I submit okay. to you 
Okay. <laughs> that because of the work that you were inspired to do mm-hmm. and you started to go down this path, I believe that you inspired the other side to become inspired to give you the chakra touches. That might be. It might be quid pro quo. You know, you give, you get. And it was all done. But if you had not, if you, when you received that inspiration, if you'd said, I'm I'm just going to adhere to what um, the class said, and I'm I'm not going to, then you would not have been inspired to create what you've done to change the lives that you have both animal and people, and also for the universe to be able to then say, she's working and she's inspired to do this. We are going to can feed into that inspiration and give her this to continue her inspired work. That's, I believe, is how the universe treats people who are really inspired to do something great with themselves and for others or for themselves. And uh, uh, I think they support us in that. I think so too. I, I do. And you know, it's, it's like, it's just, it's going to make life a lot yummier. It's going to make life a lot more exciting. If you just get out of the inspirational way and just allow it to happen and, and allow people to just be who they be. Don't, don't strive to, you know, inspire or change somebody. Don't strive to change somebody. Inspire them. That's that's where the change comes in. That's where it, you know, and it's not, again, it's not set. If you set that and expect that, I'm going to expect to inspire the entire world. You're setting yourself up and it's harder. But if you say, I'm going to allow in and I'm going to breathe out inspiration wherever I can, it's much easier. You can hear the difference in those two sentences. You can hear how different it is. I have one more restaurant story for you. Can I do this? Yeah. <laughs> you've you've brought this up for me because it, it 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 really it really was an impactful thing. Um, one of the keys to my management style was to inspire people to do their jobs better because they will make more money, mm-hmm. and they will do better. Their tips will grow up. They'll be able to take care of more people. Their people will be happier. They'll make more money. The cooks make more money because we're busy. Everybody happy. Everybody wins. And there's some people, though, however, that you cannot inspire. No matter what I did, there was a particular young waitress who I could not inspire because she chose a different path. Mm-hmm. So in this play, in this case, it was a workplace, but she got several complaints and then had a, we had a uh, secret shopper come in and wrote a long dissertation, dissertation about her not following the inspired, the inspired um, program that we'd set out. Mm-hmm. So rather than saying, well, you know, she's a nice gal and I'll just let her do what she's going to do and stuff. I couldn't let her not be inspired. So I, I, I brought her in, and, and because she refused to be inspired, I couldn't let her be in my world anymore mm-hmm. because she was affecting the people around her, and she was affecting the people that I worked for, which was my customers. And, and so it's just like that in, the, uh, um, in our personal life. If somebody is continually dragging you down, if you're trying to be inspired and somebody says, oh, why are you going to do that? 
That doesn't make any sense. You're not capable of doing that. You don't look good enough. You're too fat. You're too short. You're too, you're too whatever it is. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, you, you can't do that. No matter how inspired you think you're going to be, you can't do it. You have to kiss them, love them and let them go. Mm-hmm. Yep. You and you also have to understand that's motivation. That's not, they're trying to motivate you maybe. And it's like, but if you're not ready to be motivated, motivated, motorvated, motion, motivation, okay? If you're not ready to move, you ain't gonna move. It's true. But here's the thing also is, is that there has been times that, I lost my job. You know, I lost a job in a job that I just didn't feel happy in, aka retail. And, <laughs> and um, although I was good at it, I was very good at it. I, 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 I wouldn't sell anybody anything that they didn't want, but I could, you know, talk them into it. if I saw them. Uh, you know, and it was clothes and stuff like that, their shoes and things like that there. But if I thought that it would look good on them, I would give them the points as why it would look good. But I, I wasn't happy in it. But a lot of the times, here's the thing, is, is that there were times, the reason, the, one of the whole reasons why I got, I became one of the first women computer technicians in New York City was because of the fact that I got, fired from my retail job. And I said to myself, and it forced me to say, hmm, I need to, I'm going to find inspiration in this. What, this is a turning point in my life. What do I want to do now? And then I became a computer technician. And in 2001, when I lost my last dot-com job, because the dot-com industry went south under the border, it really forced me to say to myself, huh, okay, computer technician, pretty burnt out after 20 years. What do I do? So then I said to myself, huh, maybe I want to do animals. So I went from there to going to school to be a vet tech. After doing that for a year, I realized it wasn't quite what I wanted to do. I reexamined myself again, not saying to myself, oh my God, this I can't believe I lost my $100,000 job a year to be a vet tech for shit money. I said to myself, hmm, let me examine this again. And then I looked at animal communication. So if I hadn't lost my job at the dot-com, or if I hadn't lost my job at the retail, I wouldn't have become a computer tech, which in turn I wouldn't have lost, which then in turn didn't made me into a, computer, a vet tech, which in turn made me into who I am today. Ta-da! Inspiration. Inspired thought, inspired action, and going from one step to the other. So that woman that you let go, you don't know what happened to her. It doesn't oh, necessarily have to be bad. It might have inspired her to go follow her dream. And and in, in fact, um, I've been in management a long time, and there are three people that I fired that I saw later on, and in each case, they said, Thank you. Mm -hmm. I hated that fucking job. Excuse the expression. I didn't like it at all. And, and I, but I couldn't quit because I needed the money yep. and you, and you forced me to go find a job. And I love, I absolutely love what I'm doing now. 
Isn't that awesome? So you inspired somebody to follow their dreams. There you go. You don't know really where inspiration comes from. And you got to kind of like let go of the ropes and just kind of like, you know, let go and just let the parachute take you, let the hang glider take you and just float you where you need to be or float that person where they need to be. And enjoy the ride. And enjoy the ride. It's all in the journey. You know, and I'm inspired to say, go see CorielKramer.com and, uh, and find out more about her. There's you know, the other site if you want to talk about humans, which is? PassionCultivator.com. PassionCultivator.com. We're here every Tuesday, so mm -hmm. make sure you tell your friends. We are on now four Facebook channels and three YouTube channels, so uh, just enjoy it and tell your friends about Coriel. She is a dynamic animal communicator. She also works pretty good with humans too. So thank you, thank you for thank you for being here and thank you for being who you are. And we will be here uh, next in, next week, correct? Mm hmm. Absolutely. Yes. I, I made her sign a fifty year contract. So. So. Oh, thanks, Candy. Oh, See you Friday. Hold on. She made a comment. I got to make that for everybody. Really enjoyed it. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed this episode. So uh, thank you, Candy. And you, everybody, you have a great afternoon and enjoy it. Over here, it's sunny. I hope it's sunny where you are. If it isn't, make it sunny anyway. Have a great day. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other is all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.